Welcome back to the River Heights Buzz, everyone. We're on episode 25 tonight. We are your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. And we have a special guest with us tonight. Yes, You've heard you. us talk about her before. Our friend Megan. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Megan. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> This is super exciting for us because it's kind of been a work in progress just because you've been so busy, you know, in your personal oh, life yeah. and dealing with your Etsy shop, which we will mention probably towards the end of the episode. Oh, oh. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we always like to shout out um, everybody's social media and stuff for people that, you know, are able to be a part of the podcast. We always want to get the word out so that everybody else can follow along with fellow fans really appreciate that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so tonight, what are we talking about tonight alexa tonight we are going into our time machine <laughs> and we're talking about the show we're season one episode one which is the pilot yes here is the description to remind everybody an 18-year-old Nancy Drew plans to bleh, take two. <laughs> Sorry, one. <laughs> An 18-year-old Nancy Drew makes plans to leave her hometown for college after high school graduation, but finds herself drawn into a supernatural mystery. The original air date was October 9th, 2019. Okay. Um, just out of curiosity, which I, I, I think I know you, is this the first time that you've rewatched the show? Me? Yes. Um, I watched the whole show. I just finished season three because I fell really far behind. But I, this is the mm -hmm. first time I re, I think this is the first time I rewatched the pilot. I may oh. have, I may have a few times when it first came out, but first okay. time in a while. <laughs> Okay, yeah, this is the first time that I have started rewatching it, um, and it was interesting how much it's changed from season one compared to season three. I know. I was um, thinking that, yeah. Not just in storyline, obviously, but I feel like also the way it was filmed, and um, mm -hmm. we were talking about it before we started recording, um, like Nancy doing the, the voiceover throughout the first yes. episode. Yes, that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> which in retrospect, I guess it kind of makes sense because it's like setting the scene for the whole story. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I mean, I when can't you're... remember if that happens in the second episode or not, or if it was just the pilot. I can't remember either because I haven't gotten that far. I I literally just rewatched this first episode. Um, yeah, it does make sense because you're setting the scene. You gotta, you know, show the audience where we're starting at you have to get them familiar with who is going to be involved so it does kind of make sense to have that voiceover it does and it kind of also reminds me of the girl detective series where she's narrating the book in first person it kind of reminded me of that mm -hmm. 
Um, but I thought it was a good way to introduce Nancy and see who she is. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, it shows kind of her thoughts in that moment. And I think it is easier to introduce people to characters and scenarios um, yeah. that way. I totally agree. It makes me wonder why they stopped, but. Yeah, it's kind of interesting know. thinking back of like how it started versus how it is, um, you know, in season three. It's very, very yeah. different. Yep. But um, anyways, if you all are ready to dive in, I'm, I'm ready to go. Sure. I'm ready. Okay. So, um, I don't know if I have a horrible memory or not, but there was a lot in this first episode that I just did not remember at all. So, <laughs> opening scene, we see this teenage girl standing on like the edge of a cliff, kind of in like a prom dress style outfit. Um, and she falls over the edge and i remember thinking when i watched this the first time wow we're really just jumping right in <laughs> literally jumping yeah. right in yeah. um, <laughs> and then you hear these children in the background singing essentially what's kind of like what i picture in my head to be like a rhyme that you would say when you're jumping rope yes um, that's what i would think too yeah that was immediately my first thought um, talking about what happened to this girl whose name Lucy Sable. Um, and at this point, we still don't know how she kind of ties into this whole Nancy Drew story. Um, and then the next thing we know, we see a headstone in a graveyard and it has Lucy's name on it. And her dates were 1983 to, was it 2000 or 2001? I think you said 2003 or something. I don't know. Early somewhere around there. Because if yeah. she was she was seven seventeen, right when she died. I think so. Because it it would make and sense. If we, if, it would make sense. Are we if doing was, spoilers or? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we should have said okay. that at the beginning. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure because I was gonna say something, but you finish your thought. <laughs> Uh, so it was if she was 17 when she died, it would make sense if it was 1983 to 2000. That's a good point. And also because if she's Nancy's mom and Nancy's 18. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> um, and I remember I kind of giggled to myself because I was like, wow. Lucy was born in 1983. I'm really going to be showing my age here because my husband was born in 1983. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. Technically, I guess by this timeline, my husband could have a teenager. It's kind of strange. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, um, we don't have any children, but I just thought that that was funny that, you know, that was the year he was born. Um, so <laughs> we see this grave and uh, we see... Nancy, uh, though I don't think they had mentioned her by name yet at this point, but mm -hmm. it's Nancy um, at the gravesite, and it looks like she was crowned, I guess, what they call Sea Queen. Mm -hmm. uh, she's got the crown, and apparently, the tradition is for whoever is crowned Sea Queen, you go to Lucy's grave and you leave the crown on her headstone. 
kind of creepy, but okay. It is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand, you know, like local town legend and stuff. So I get it, but it's creepy nonetheless, because it was also taking place at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In um, a graveyard. <laughs> in a graveyard, which I I've, I've ever been at a graveyard at night. And I don't ever care to be at one at night. Agreed. <laughs> I have <laughs> asking for trouble. I just have a random thought that I just thought about. What's that? So they're in the graveyard. Is this the same graveyard that Nancy was in at the end of season three, but like where all the bodies were at? Oh, I don't know. How many would how many how many cemeteries would a small town have? I don't know. You all can't see my face right now, but I'm like shocked because I didn't think of that. (laughs) (laughs) I I wonder if it is the same graveyard. I I imagine it would be. I mean, that would be interesting (laughs) if it was. I mean, it it would would make sense. (laughs) And does that mean Lucy Sable's body's gone? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Bring up all (laughs) the dead bodies again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to end up falling down the rabbit hole after this this episode is done. (laughs) Now I'm thinking. The ears are turning. (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> think like Nancy Candace. I know, I know. So um Nancy takes the crown off of her head and she lays it on Lucy's headstone, and then the next thing we know there's a jump scare, which this first season is full of. Um <laughs> yeah. guy jumps out from behind Nancy to scare her and he's wearing like a dress covered in blood, you know, just to, you know, for the shock factor of it. And apparently it was someone that she was very obviously familiar with because she hugs him and kisses him and, you know. Yeah, I didn't remember him or the other two at all. I did not remember they existed. (laughs) Did not remember them at all either. Um, But I'll I'll get to that. It's funny that you say that because I thought the same thing. So she's she's hugging this guy, they kiss. She kind of looks over his shoulder and she sees like a shadowy kind of ghostly figure. And the guy's asking her, you, you know, what did you just see? It looks like you just saw a ghost. And she kind of, you know, shakes it off and, you know, moves on. And I was thinking at the same time, I don't remember that guy or those two girls that she was with. No, and I don't then, think they're ever mentioned again, are they? I don't think I was so. Just about to, I was just about to say, like, I don't remember ever seeing or hearing about them again after this episode. Mm-mm. Yeah, or that first, like, or that scene, because, like, next thing we know, she's with Ned. What happened to the other dude? Mm-hmm. So weird. Yeah. I think I have an explanation for it, though. Ooh. So, um... The scene kind of switches and it's Nancy as a younger girl and she's doing a a voiceover this whole time, kind of explaining things like, you know, she lives in Horseshoe Bay and uh, she's always kind of been involved with mysteries and been interested in solving mysteries. And so it shows the scene of her as a child with what turns out to be her mother and father and they're digging something up out of the backyard. But she kind of makes a noise when she sees what they're doing. They're digging up like this trunk and her mother realizes that she's there and you know goes and grabs Nancy and carries her off and tells her it's just a dream that you know it wasn't she wasn't seeing really what she thought she was seeing um and then 
the scene switches again and Nancy's kind of talking about her first experience of really solving a case. There was a child that was missing in town and Nancy ends up saving her. Um, so there's a lot of scene switches at this point mm -hmm. because after that it shows Nancy, um, you know, typing away at her computer, applying for a college uh, to go to Columbia. And then she comes downstairs and finds her parents upset and finds out that her mom has pancreatic cancer. And then her mom passes away really quickly and things kind of change for her. Um, I remember watching this first episode and thinking, holy crap, this is like way too close for comfort for my real life because my mom actually passed away very suddenly of pancreatic cancer. And I had no idea when I watched the show that this is where they were heading with it. Absolutely. Uh, so I was like, wow, that's kind of surreal. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> that's, that's pretty oh, heavy. Man. Especially for the first oh. episode of the show. But I mean, you really yeah. got a scene for Nancy because, you know, in all aspects of Nancy Drew, not just the TV show, but in the books and in the games, it's very common knowledge that her mom passed away. Yeah, and it was from a sudden illness in the books, too. So I liked that they kept that the same. Yeah. Um, there's lots of little Easter eggs in the, in the show for people who are yeah. fans of being familiar with Nancy, which is something else that I'll, I'll mention when we get there. Um, but this is where I kind of think they did a good job of showing how major life changes can really change you as a person. Um, because I think that the reason why we don't see any mention of those two girls and that guy that she was hugging in the graveyard, I think is because when her mom passed away, she kind of, you know, going through that grieving process probably with from her friends. And yeah, so she, she left that life behind kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a whole new life. And I speaking yep. from experience, that's kind of what it's like when you experience a sudden traumatic event like that. Yeah. You have a hard time going back to what things were like before that traumatic event happened. So I think that's what they were doing with that, which I mean that Makes was sense. amazing, amazing direction to go in with this yeah. show. Especially and I never thought story. of that, but you're probably right. I never thought of that. Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. Um, and when I first started watching this show the first time and was experiencing this part of the episode, I was like, wow, they're really heading somewhere. This is this is going in a good direction. And it's just the first mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting you say that because a lot of fans hated it right off the like right off the bat. And they hated how Nancy acted like that. But in my mind, she was acting like that because, you know, she just lost her mom, mm -hmm. but we never saw, we never read her, like the books, like we never saw her grieving because in the books she lost her mom when she was 10 in the originals, three in the revisions. So we never saw that. Right. So. Right. And I think so another thing me. about this show that is difficult for some people who are fans of Nancy Drew before um, the TV show started was that this is a very obviously much more mature Nancy. Yeah. And I feel like fans of the books, especially, it was a very, very obviously different time period when most of those books were written. Yeah. Um, women were, <sighs> I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. Women were not as 
loud, I guess, as they are in today's world. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. Much more reserved, I guess, in that kind of time period of when the books were written. Um, so yeah. this Nancy is, you know, large and in charge and ready for yeah. a fight. And I actually feel like she's very, very much a mixture of the original text Nancy because that Nancy was not all like prim and proper, like the revisions. She was bold and daring and outspoken until she got changed in the revisions. So I feel like she's a good mixture of that Nancy and like modern Nancy, you know, what we would see today. Yes. Yeah. I think that they have a good mixture of, of both kinds of personalities for her and it makes yeah. her relevant to today's generation of seeing mm-hmm. a strong female character like her. Cause that's and it makes that, her feel like a real person. Yes, it does. It humanizes her. It really does. And that's something yeah. that Alexa and I talk about a lot because of the way that she was created all those years ago. Um, she's always been a strong female character. And I think that that is what resonates with people today and why she's still relevant exactly. today. Exactly. I totally agree. So, um, so yeah, everything has changed. Um, her mother has passed away. She is, uh, the next thing we see, she's being very intimate with this guy, uh, Ned Nickerson, who we all know and love from the books and the games. Um, he goes by Nick and it took me a really long time to keep calling him Nick instead of Ned. I still don't. I still don't. I still call him Ned. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. So now we're kind of setting the scene of how Nancy's life has changed because, you know, like I said before, she realized that her mom was sick. She was preparing to go away to college, you know, start her own life. I mean, I think we've all kind of experienced the whole um, growing up phase between like the very end of high school and then starting the college experience and how much you grow through that she didn't have that um because she's essentially taking a gap year um because uh my understanding of the timeline of it was her mom had passed like right at the end of her senior year and so she obviously was dealing with the grief and so the school grade slacked off and didn't do as well and that's more the reason why she wasn't able to get into school um that's what i got from it too Yeah, so we're seeing essentially a working Nancy, um, you know, making money, trying to, you know, figure it out on the back end of what she's going to do as far as the school situation. So she's working at that restaurant called The Claw, which um, I love to think in my head that the food there would be great because it's kind of like one of those kind of hole in the wall looking restaurants where you think the food is super greasy, but that's usually the best kind of food. Yeah. Like yeah, I would they have no customers to exist. <laughs> I think it would be great if that was a real place. I would love to eat there. I wonder. I, I, wonder, I, I wonder where they film is a real restaurant because that would be cool. I hadn't thought about that. I wonder. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um. So and then this is this. This is back in the day when they actually wore their uniforms. Too, oh, yeah. The same tags. oh yeah. I forgot they don't do that anymore. Yeah, I love the uniforms. I think they're cute. I think if you like, look you- at the three colors, it there's literally a book cover with them in those same colors. 
which I think yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it's funny too that Nancy's in blue and that like that's her like her color with everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> So, um, this is kind of where it sets the scene for what eventually becomes the Clue Crew. Um, so we kind of start learning the back stories a little bit of um, these other main characters. So we see George, who Nancy went to school with, and George is now the manager at the Claw, and she's kind of difficult to work for. I mean that happens you know you hire a friend and you got to be a boss and so sometimes it's not fun and uh george kind of takes that power and runs with it but then the Don't funny thing later is that they sorry go ahead <laughs> <laughs> it's like the funny thing is is that they bet uh nancy and george were not actually friends in high school no yeah that's what i was about to say they were like frenemies weren't they yeah that's kind of what i got was that um and george kind of it kind of explained in one side of it saying that uh i guess rumors were spread about george when they were in school and apparently nancy like didn't say anything either way didn't take up for her Uh, that kind of thing so yeah feelings probably spill over into work and now that george is in a position that's higher than nancy and is technically kind of her boss um she's you know kind of getting her moment of karma with that yeah so i wonder if the rumors were about her and ryan they never technically said that but he was like she later she was like well i'm not in high school anymore so i don't know yeah Maybe that was that's what the rumors were that's kind of what i was thinking something along the lines of her being promiscuous in that kind of way that's yeah. kind of how I interpreted it. And I, I wonder if that's kind of how the writers wanted you to interpret it. Yeah. Interesting. It makes and sense. They, and they still find it, it so weird <laughs> that George hooked up with Nancy's biological dad. I know. Yeah. I know what we know now, it's even more weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like super cringe. Yeah. Ugh. Super cringe. And then, I mean, really. Nancy and Nick doing their thing in the beginning too, and then George being engaged to Nick later on down the road. It's oh, like they we're just trading off partners, I guess. It's kind of weird, but and it's like this oh, whole thing. Forgot... Go ahead. Go... <laughs> okay, I was just gonna say I forgot that Ace was like fawning over like Bess, and <laughs> now it's weird to know about him and Nancy. <laughs> it's just like the whole everything's different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think it's also a really good representation of, um, I'm going to sound like I'm so old when I say this, but I feel like it's a good (laughs) representation of younger friend groups when they're just trying to figure it out as far as like adults, I'm using air quotes. I mean, they are adults because they're not (laughs) school anymore. Barely. Yeah, Yeah. they're very young adults trying to figure it out, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out, um, how friendships and relationships change once you kind of exit the public school scene and you start, you know, being an adult, essentially. Um, Yeah. Their whole friendship is just a a whole, like, learning experience Mm -hmm. throughout all the seasons so far. 
I like that we're getting to see the backstory of how they're becoming friends, though, because in the books, they were just plopped there with no explanation. Yeah. So I like seeing that development. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because they're, yeah, now watching this, like I said, hadn't watched it since I first initially watched it. It is interesting to see how the story has been built through these last yeah. couple of years. Um, For sure. So the next person that we see is Ace washing the dishes. And I really forgot that they kind of painted him as like the stoner kid. I know. I forgot that too. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting. I had forgotten that part. And then they show Bess and I forgot that she was, you know, using a fake American accent in the beginning. <laughs> oh, I did too. You know what? I didn't even notice that, this, like watching it this time. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. I didn't even notice it. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I really forgot about that part, but God love her. She's still clueless. <laughs> I, will say, I will say I've actually heard, like, because Madison Jazani, who plays Bess, I've actually heard her without her English accent in another TV show. And with, oh. like, now that I've seen, like, her with, like, the British accent and now with, like, the, like, or Canadian American accent, whatever you want to call it, it's still kind of weird to me. <laughs> so what is it's her real accent? British? She's British. British. Yeah, or English, you would say, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm impressed that you could say her last name, because I could, I had no idea how to say her last name. <laughs> I couldn't either say, how do you say it? I, I say it as Jazani. Okay. I've never heard it, so I have no idea. I haven't heard anyone say it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I'd heard anybody say it, so I I didn't know how to pronounce it. I've seen, I think, like, I've seen a few, like, interviews, and she's, like, introduced herself, so I think, like, that's kind of, uh, like, how I okay. got it from, so. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's essentially the Clue Crew. There um, now we know basic stuff about all of them. Um, so they close the claw down for the day, and then the next thing we know, this local—I guess you can call him a socialite in a town like Hudson Bay. I guess you could call him that. Uh, but Ryan Hudson, you know, big last name in that area, uh, knocks to get in and says that he needs a private table for a private conversation with some guys that he's with. That doesn't sound suspicious or crazy at all. Not at all. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Seriously. <laughs> so he comes in, goes to a table. Beth starts doing her thing where she's, you know, doing etiquette, telling them about the forks and stuff, whatever. George <laughs> is acting strange because as we learn later on in this episode, she's essentially hooked up with him. So gross. Not creepy at all. <laughs> um, Ryan then says that he his wife is outside with the car and that she needs food. That's essentially very plain and bland. And so Nancy brings the food out to her in the parking lot while she's talking on the phone. Um, Nancy goes back inside and then all of a sudden the lights go off in the restaurant and Ace looks out the window and says that the whole marina is dark. So clearly something weird's going to happen if all the lights go out. I mean, we learned that pretty quickly in this show. 
Um, so Nancy walks outside with a flashlight, I guess, you know, trying to see if maybe a transformer blew or, or something like that. And she realizes that the car is still there, but that Tiffany, Ryan's uh, wife, is gone. So she walks around the car and she ends up stepping on the plate of food that's on now on the ground and she gets startled because the fireworks start because there's going to be like a parade for that sea queen i guess like a local parade and uh she walks around the corner of the car and there's tiffany on the ground dead da, da, da. Like, okay so we're, we're already killing off characters in the first episode <laughs> really coming in hot with this one so obviously the police come and then now it's time for everybody to tell their stories of what they were doing when whatever happened to tiffany happened Bess says that she was in the storeroom looking for wine which is probably true because when nancy took the food out tiffany requested wine george it's weird said, that a restaurant like that had wine usually restaurants like that don't have alcohol <laughs> yeah it is very strange um but the only thing i could think of is that maybe since they are technically on the water maybe it could be considered like a vacation spot in the summer uh yeah that's a good point so maybe good that's point. why they can sell liquor i don't know yeah um, so Bess's story is she was looking for wine george says that she was in the bathroom alone Nick said that he was closing the boat shop and was actually on his way to the claw for dinner for the night. Ace said that he was delivering food to Ryan and the guys that he was with. And Nancy says that she was the last person to see Tiffany alive because she brought her food out in the parking lot. So that's everyone's story and we're sticking to it. So here's where we start seeing that this police officer has beef with Nancy. And McGinnis. I love that they put him in this. Yes. I love it. Who, who is the character, Candace? McGinnis. Uh, and he's a, interesting, I will say. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's, like in the books, they always got along, though, and he always thought she was better than the police force. So it's interesting to see him hate her, but it's also like some of the other spinoff series. So it's not like unheard of, but. I like mm -hmm. when they like each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's something that Alexa and I talk about a lot. I always call him uh, Nancy's BFF when we're talking about the books because they have a great working yeah. relationship. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it is interesting to see them butt heads as much as they do. Um, so, everyone but Ace has to go to the police station which at this point is interesting. Why is Ace singled out as the person who apparently has an alibi when really, if you think about it, yeah. everyone has an alibi? Exactly. Okay, <laughs> whatever you say. Um, so <laughs> Nancy then realizes, you know, thinking back to when she walked out and found uh, Tiffany that her large diamond ring that she was wearing was missing. I love how she thought of that. It kind of reminded me of Psych. I don't know if you guys have seen Psych, but um, the main guy in that kind of pictures stuff like that. I don't know how to explain it if you haven't seen it, but I really yeah, like Yeah, well, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about because it also made me think of uh, Sherlock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I don't think we ever um, see her thinking like that again. I think this might be the only time or maybe they do it a few times after, but I liked it. 
Yeah, yeah, because it's something that's a characteristic that I always think that Nancy has is just this ability to yeah. really, um, hone into like her recall and memory. Exactly. Um, comes in handy. I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they get taken down to the police station. Um, Carson then shows up. Nancy's father shows up. Uh, but Nancy is still very angry with him, which I mean, that's clearly one of the stages of grief uh, is yeah. anger. Um, so I didn't mention it earlier, but earlier in the evening before, like around the time when they closed the claw down for the evening, Nancy placed her cell phone in the window of the claw so that she could record, um, the fireworks. And she had explained it that this was the first year that her whole family wasn't able to be together to watch the fireworks, meaning that it was the first time that the, it had happened since her mother had passed, but no one else knew that because at this point, Nancy's very closed off, doesn't talk a lot about her feelings and what's yeah. going on um, in her life. And she didn't realize it, but she got some sketchy stuff on her video. <laughs> very sketchy stuff on yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> um, essentially, what she caught was Tiffany talking on the phone. Uh, attempting to eat the food that Nancy had brought out to her and then that shadowy figure again in the very background and Tiffany freaking out and screaming and then the video cutting out. Not creepy <laughs> at all. Right at the moment that we needed to see exactly what happened, it cuts out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Figures. That's how it always is. <laughs> exactly. But that's okay. That's okay, because we got essentially the meat and potatoes of what we needed. So at this point, when I'm watching the show for the first time, I'm realizing, okay, I guess this is going to be a lot more supernatural than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I mean, I wasn't too happy about that the first time. Yeah, it, I wasn't happy about it the first time, but now I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's growing on me a lot. Yeah, it's growing on me as well. Um, and it kind of makes sense, at least for... Um, the station that the TV show is on, the CW. I know it's a different mm -hmm. station than you, Alexa, um, in Canada, but in, at least in America, the CW, um, right now, they know that the money is kind of on supernatural TV shows. That's like the hot thing right now. Yeah. And that's yeah. where all the TV shows go. It, yeah, for sure. They've got kind of a formula to them. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's either super. And, and I even in my notes, I wrote. Yeah, in my notes, I literally wrote, this episode reeks of the CW. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing that sells yeah. right. That's what's popular. Exactly. So. As long as it doesn't go down the route that Riverdale did, then I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I've seen, like, I don't watch Riverdale, but it's just like, I've seen so many people's comments about it, where it's just like, it started off okay, and then it's just been going downhill ever since. Exactly. I used to watch it and then I just could not anymore. It went bad. And I was so afraid when I heard Nancy Drew was going to be on the CW that the same thing was going to happen. But hopefully that doesn't. So far, so good. It's, it's lasted longer, like, quality-wise than Riverdale has, I think. But Yeah, yeah and that's, that's a thing. Um with the writers and, and with the CW as a whole, I mean, they're not working with like a, a super extravagant budget, but I feel like yeah. they use their money very well. 
and yes, are able I agree. to make things happen. Um, maybe not with like the greatest technology, but like their makeup department and special effects department is like chef's kiss. Like so good. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. and, and we'll get more into that, you know, as we talk about like later on in season one and into season two, where things really get spicy, like with the Iglaica. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, it, it's insane. The, the, what they are able to work with. Um, yeah. So at this point, um, sorry, I'm scanning my notes. Uh, Ace thinks that this ghostly figure is Lucy. And I think it's really funny that he um, kind of like Bess immediately buys into this ghostly supernatural stuff. Like it's like not a big deal. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Like I feel like if I was in that situation, I would be trying to look for something that makes a little more sense than something. I feel like it's very Bess though. Bess, Bess is always like the scaredy cat and that kind of thing. Like, I think it's very on par with her character. Yeah, I think so too. And I kind of wonder, because I feel like with Ace believing it, I feel like it could go one of two ways, either because it kind of fits the whole stoner persona that they started him out with, or, (laughs) or does he really believe in it? Or is he just saying he does to try to like have something in common with Bess? Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of hard to tell early on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Nick and Nancy previously kind of got into a little bit of an argument because, like I said, Nancy's super closed off, um, doesn't really get into talking about feelings or backstories or anything like that. And so they're kind of having a little bit of a tiff. um, And Nancy then admits, you know, in front of the rest of the the whole crew that, you know, they're essentially seeing each other and she kind of closes off again. Has a hard time talking about her feelings. But I think like almost everyone at this point is a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They're all very close off. So it makes sense. It's like how the, like for me, like they're all onions. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah, it's like yeah, they're, they're all like, like they're all like a full onion, and then slowly, like a little bit at a time, they're all peeling a layer away, and then they're finally like you know talking and communicating, and obviously there's still stuff going on, but at least like they're at that point where like they're comfortable talking with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're starting to trust each other. Yeah. Yeah, because Nancy flat out says, you know, we are not friends. You know, I do this kind of stuff alone. And that's how it is. Yeah. 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 Um, So scene changes and it's nighttime and Nancy is being sneaky and gets into Ryan and Tiffany's house. I mean, she essentially breaks in as Ryan is leaving to go do whatever he's going to do. I've got a question. What's your question? So for garage doors, don't they usually have a sensor at the bottom? Like if something like were to, like Nancy, she kind of like rolled in the garage. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wouldn't there have shouldn't have there been a sensor that made the garage door pop up I, again? Well, growing up, my my uh, garage door only did that if it like touched it like gently, I think, and then it would start going back up. 
Well, it's so interesting. I, I don't know that because mine does do that. So does mine. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe it, it was. I don't know. Maybe it's if the process is going down and something breaks that laser, I guess, or whatever it's sensor. Yeah, mine will start going back up. It must depend on the garage door. I don't know. Yeah, I bet oh. that's what it is. It yeah. would be less cool if it did that, though. Yeah. <laughs> it would be less Wind cool if it did. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Makes for a good a good heart pounding scene. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Nancy, you know, starts searching the house and ends up in what I assume is like the master bedroom. Uh, she starts going through bedside tables and she closes the drawer and then opens it again and realizes that there's a nail polish bottle that's not moving. Secret compartment. <laughs> Very smart. So she opens that compartment in the drawer and she finds um, that necklace. And we hear like some ghostly sounds. And then um, next thing we know, some like, at first I thought it was police, but now I don't think it's police. It was like security or something that showed up at the house. Because something, I think Nancy, she knocked the vase and I think maybe that kind of triggered it. Tripped an alarm or something, like a silent alarm or something. Maybe motion detection or something like that, something to that effect. Um, but Nick ends up showing up and helps her get away without being detected. I've got another thing. So as Nancy and Nick did, were running across the lawn, I saw security guys on the back porch. Wouldn't they have like seen or heard them like running? Eh, it's TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, probably in reality, yes. That's a good point because yeah. it wasn't like when they were running away, they were like trying to be super quiet. Yeah, they were definitely not trying. <laughs> no, they were like full on running. Yeah. So, that's a good point. <laughs> Got that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Nick gets Nancy to his truck and um, basically kind of lays it all out there saying, you know, whenever you're ready to talk, I'm here to listen. Um, she kind of has her Nancy freak out moment and clams up <laughs> once again. She'll get there. I mean, I feel like we've all had moments like that, you know, it's a, an sure, angry yeah. behavior. Um, so she's looking at this necklace, trying to figure it out and realizes that she's going to have to ask George for help. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. George, God lover, kind of holds that over her head that she needs help. Um, but Nancy's never seen that kind of necklace before. And George apparently has a background or at least her family has a background in fishing. Um, so we learned that uh, that necklace is a what's called a mariner's necklace. And so basically, in my opinion, I, I feel like it's kind of like um, like a locket where you can like put a note or something in it for someone to find at a later time. Um, and Nancy realizes once they 
put the necklace in water and are able to open it that the inside pattern of the necklace matches the top of the headstone of Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. Kind of interesting. So uh, yeah. she's starting to put some of the stuff together and uh, Bess and George are there and they decide that they needed to go see a medium and it was at this point that Nancy was like, wait a second, I don't need your help. I do all this alone. <laughs> and Bess and George are like, well, you wouldn't have gotten this far if you hadn't asked us for help. So <laughs> that. <True. laughs> so we're going to go see this medium. And fun fact, the medium that they went to go see, Pamela, mm-hmm. where is it? I wrote it down. Pamela Sue Martin. Pamela Sue Martin. She played Nancy back in 1977 to 78 in the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew Mysteries show. Yep. And I have a story about her being in this if you want to hear it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Before the show had premiered, um, I was following Kennedy McMahon on Instagram and she posted this thing with like a picture on her Instagram stories with very tiny words that that said, Pammy Sue, I'm coming for you. And I immediately knew, is Pamela Sue Martin going to be in this? And so I'm not going to say much because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. And I also don't remember all the details. But somehow, um, her Pamela Sue Martin's like, I, I don't know exactly who it was. But somebody connected to her said that I had to keep it down on the down low because she was going to have a recurring role, which never happened. And I'm not happy about that. But I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that she was in the pilot episode. And it was torture. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Torture. Wow. <laughs> but I that, love that she I, was in it. It was like her passing the torch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I've never watched um, the show from the 70s, but I would <gasps> love to watch it and eventually talk about it here on the podcast. Um, oh my gosh, I would love to come on for that if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is it available for streaming? Um, no, but I have a link that I'll send you. I have a playlist on YouTube that I can send you the link for, and it has every single Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys show and movie I could find for free on YouTube, and I have the 70s show on there in order every episode, so I can send that to you. What a saint. What a hero. (laughs) Yeah, Alexa, if you're down for that later on, at some point, I'd love to watch that with you and discuss. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, have you, have you seen it, Alexa? No. What'd you say, Megan? Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it either. Oh my gosh, guys, it's it's my favorite. She's my favorite Nancy, ever. Like, I I just I love it, love it. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that now. That'll be that'll be good. Yeah, if you could send us that link, that would be great. Yeah, Thanks. for sure. I'll send it in the group chat. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you. So, um, so we get to the scene where we're seeing the medium and this is really where Bess really starts showing her interest early on with the supernatural and it kind of shows, and I didn't realize it because I didn't remember this part, it shows progression to eventually getting into the magic that she was into in season three. Yeah, I didn't think of that either, even rewatching it today, I did not think of that. Yeah, so she started Very really interesting. early on. I wonder uh, if they had that planned this whole time. I feel like they must have. 
Yeah, so cool. Um, so essentially, it's a seance scene, very much, uh, you know, message in a haunted mansion vibes. Um, and yeah. surprisingly, um, Lucy apparently comes through instead of, you know, Tiffany, who they were trying to channel to see what had happened. Um, but Lucy comes through and just continuously says, find the dress, find the dress. So, yeah, find the dress, Cundus. Yeah, kind of creepy, kind of scary. Um, but you know, we'll we'll move on and we'll find the dress. Um, scene changes, and it's that detective uh, Karen Hart at uh, Nancy's house, and she apparently found um, a hat that belonged to Nancy that Kate had made her, and it was found at Ryan's house. And uh, I love the little tidbit because I feel like this was an Easter egg for us. Um, the detective mentioned that Kate had made that hat for Nancy when she went to Shadow Ranch. I heard yep. that. Yep. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> Shadow Ranch, you know, only the best game ever. I, um, I actually don't like that game that much, but. <laughs> I know, unpopular opinion, I know. <laughs> Hey, you get to pick which games you like and what you don't like. That's totally fine. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> fine. But yeah, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone that doesn't like that game. It's not that I don't like it. I shouldn't say that. It's just like one of my least favorites. But I, I like all of the games. Shattered Medallion. But it's one of my least I don't favorites. think that's an unpopular opinion. But I think there was so much hype for that game. And then it just kind of flopped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, oh, anyways, that's a story for another episode, guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. But that so, wasn't the first reference either in the episode for um, another book. It uh, also hidden staircase right in the beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. When Nancy found that missing child. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, the detective brought hat you know trying to make sure that nancy doesn't get in trouble she didn't want one of the other police officers to find that and have that incriminate nancy you know being at ryan's house when she shouldn't have been and then the next thing we know carson and this detective are kissing and nancy walks in on them and sees it horrible (laughs) yeah she's very very obviously upset I would say, yeah, I would say more more than awkward. It's more, it's devastating for her, yeah. probably. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so she's very obviously upset and emotional and thinks that um, because Carson was doing that, that he didn't care about Kate, which that's not true. I mean, you know. Not at all. I, I see where she's coming from, but I also see it from Carson's side as well, because like, in my experience, my dad now has a girlfriend. And at first I was just like, what? <laughs> but then I realized, you know, yeah. no to be alone, you know, companionship is important. I feel like we're all meant to have yeah. something in our lives. And if that person makes you happy, then, you know, it might hurt at first and it might suck at first, but eventually, hopefully you'll reach a point where you realize that it, it's okay. Um, to kind of process exactly. and 
and the spouse that died would not want you to be alone they would want you to be able to find somebody to be happy with plus he probably wants to find somebody that can be a motherly figure to nancy exactly because even though she's 18 doesn't matter how old you are you still need kind of parental guidance exactly yeah no um but in that moment she's very obviously upset and understandably so and she goes to nick and it kind of is the catalyst for her to slowly start letting those walls down and she starts opening up um they kind of start talking back and forth and sharing information about both of themselves um scene changes and it's the next day and they're driving on river heights drive <laughs> love it I love that street sign <laughs> and my heart soared i love it you know um, i heard that they didn't call it i i heard that they changed it from horse or from river heights to horseshoe bay because they didn't want it to sound like riverdale they didn't want fans to confuse it with riverdale honestly it makes sense that's what i heard it does make sense yeah because at first yeah. I was I was like, no, why did you change it? But then when I heard that, I was like, okay, all right, I get yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, especially with that being on the same network. Yeah, it makes sense. And I could exactly. see that there could be exactly. confusion. Yeah, um, for sure. So uh, Nancy goes home and Carson is at that point um, not necessarily put out with Nancy, but he's kind of... I guess had time to tired of it and kind of a little angry with her. So he's getting ready to leave for the day. Um, and then he realizes who she came home with and that it was Nick. And obviously Carson knows Nick's background, Nancy, not so much yet. And, uh, he tells Nancy, I'm not happy with you spending time with him or being involved with him. And of course that sticks out in Nancy's head. And so as soon as Carson leaves, she goes snooping through his work drawers and finds Nick's criminal file. Mm-hmm. And then finds out that he was accused of manslaughter. And the witness was Tiffany Hudson. Tiffany in that Hudson. case. It's all weird. Yes. yes. So now <laughs> everything is starting slowly to connect. And of course, Nancy's devastated by this because now she's like rethinking everything that she first thought of Nick and, you know, is wondering about his character and what kind of person he truly is, if he can be trusted. Um, You know, I mean, I I couldn't imagine learning that kind of information about someone that I was intimate with, how devastating that would be. So I, I understand her tears in that moment. Because now, you know, everything you thought you knew is in question. So. And then, and then look at the timing. Ned, Ned. I'm going to keep calling him Ned. I swear. Me too. It's hard. We know who you're talking about. I'm going to say Ned too, so. <laughs> so, Ned ends up showing up at Nancy's house. He's like, I'm going to fix your mom's car. I yes. love that it's his her mom's car by the way i think that's so sweet it makes the car even special it's like the classic blue roadster too but the fact that they made it nancy's mom oh i love it yes because yeah that roadster that's like quintessential nancy oh yeah for sure (laughs) so 
Yeah, uh, is going to be working on the car. And then this is where we start learning a little bit deeper behind everybody um, and their backstories. We see that Bess is actually not quite as bougie as we thought she was. Um, she's living in a van. Uh, this is when we also find out that George is messing around with Ryan Hudson. Uh, and she's, uh, it appears at least that she's the one instigating it. Uh, Ace took a picture of it and sent that picture to Chief McGinnis. So turns out that Ace is kind of like a confidential informant for the police, which is- I was so, I was shocked because I totally forgot that happened. <laughs> I totally and forgot that that happened too. And I mean, you don't really expect that from the stoner character. And that actually yeah. makes me think about it too, because it's like, you remember earlier how everyone but Ace went to the police station for their uh -huh. tele- Yeah, exactly. Yes. And Ace was the only one, so that was like a little fishy. Now it all makes sense. Yep. We're learning more and more. Yep. So goes on. Yep. <laughs> so um, then we see Bess again, and she has a Ziploc bag that just so happens to have a very large and beautiful diamond ring in it. Sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> so Nancy is, you know, got like a poster board up and she, God love her, is a, a pen and paper kind of gal, kind of like me, writing it all down, trying to piece things together. Um, then all of a sudden the lights go off. Well, Just like earlier. Typically <laughs> that that's going to happen or something scary is going to happen. So she is a much braver person than I am walking out in the hallway. I absolutely would not walk out in the hallway if the lights all went out. I would barricade myself in that room. Um, but Heck maybe, yeah. maybe, I don't know. But that's just me. She's mm -hmm. a lot more brave than I am. <laughs> so, me too. So, me too. <laughs> <laughs> she walked out into the hallway and then, and I jumped at this part. Um, the stair entrance to the attic just kind of pops open and falls out and it's super loud and I yeah. like, jumped out of my skin and I fell off the couch because like I said, I'm a baby. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Nerves of Steel climbs up there. Um, she kind of starts looking around. Can we acknowledge the reference? Can we acknowledge the reference to the secret in the old, uh, old attic? <laughs> Yeah, because mm -hmm. her her outfit, everything, the pose, like it's the cover of that book, and I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, once again, one of the many hidden Easter eggs in there for uh, yeah. us prior Nancy fans. Um, <laughs> so she climbs up there, and she's looking around, super creepy attic. Um, Realize that that there's like a loose piece of the wallpaper, and so she starts to peel it back. And that scary children's time is like etched into the wall. Oh, so scary. Oh my gosh. So scary. And as she gets to the very end of it, she turns around and she realizes that there's that trunk from that random memory of when she was a child and her parents were uh, removing something out of the ground. And so she looks inside that trunk and what do you know? It's a bloody dress. <laughs> it's not so scary. <laughs> so scary. And then all of a sudden, 
what we assume to be Lucy shows up oh behind boy. her. Oh, that the fir- I remember the first time I watched that, I was so scared. This time I knew it was coming, but the first time, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, super scary. But man, what a way to end a first episode. Did you find oh, the yeah. dress, Candace? Yes, we found the dress. It was so scary. And I gotta say, and this is just, you know, me being ridiculous. I know it's a TV show and everything, but th- there's no way that that blood stain would look like that all those years later. Oh, no. No way at all. Heck no. <laughs> but I Absolutely mean, you gotta have it for the dramatic effect, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Watching this again for the second time, I forgotten how good of a first episode of a TV show it was. Um, oh, I know. And if people hate on it so much, and I don't understand. I think it's such a solid pilot. Yeah, it really is. Um, because, like I said earlier, this is a, a much more mature Nancy, a much more modern Nancy. Because I feel like if they had stuck kind of with the 50s and 60s, an earlier kind of archetype of of Nancy, uh, you wouldn't have necessarily the amount of fans, I don't think. I think you would have the true blue Nancy fans that have been fans since they were younger, yes. But I feel like fans of the TV show, I feel like lots of those people are just being introduced to Nancy by this TV show. They are. It's so true. But, you know, I, I like that it's a modern take because... Every, like, decade, basically, we get a new adaptation of her, and she's timeless. She always adapts to the current time, you know? She she never stays the same. Like, her true character stays the same, but she still adapts to each time. And yeah. that's what they're doing this time, so I don't know why everyone's so upset about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I feel like you more often than not find someone that's either a fan of just the games or just the books or just the TV show and yeah. not necessarily a fan of all three. Yeah. So I just yeah. think it's a new age Nancy and I don't think that there's anything wrong with it because like I said, there are Easter eggs galore for us older oh. fans. Um, it's so good. I love it. My favorite part. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a little bit for every type of fan in, in the show. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I, you know, there's game ones, there, there's book ones. There's so many. Even, even just like hardcore, like more collecting types. Like, um, trying to, I don't remember her exact name, but one of their, uh, one of the characters' last name is Tandy, and that is a reference to one of the uh, cover artists. So right. I, they just have all of these different things. There's Keen High School, like Carolyn yeah. Keen. I just love it. You can mm-hmm. tell they are true like fans of Nancy Drew, which I really appreciate. Yes, yes, and they definitely do their research. Yes, exactly. I always say that they definitely yes. do their research. Um, so I, I really do feel like um, the pilot was a very strong pilot because I feel like when you start a TV show, it's always weird because it's like I feel like it's it's very hard for not so much i mean it's hard for the actors but i feel like it's harder for the writers of a tv show in the first episode because they have to write a story and write that first episode in a way that it's going to make the audience care about what happens to these people 
exactly i always tell somebody when i'm suggesting a new show to them i'm always like don't don't judge it off the first couple episodes or even the first season it gets better they find their footing you know because yeah. it, it can take a while for them to figure out where they're going with the characters and the story yeah definitely agree for sure but i feel right out of the starting gate i feel like this show is strong from the first episode yeah i totally agree and so. i i liked how much of the of of the sleuthing Nancy did because I feel like later on we don't see that so much like especially in the first season I should say because I feel like Lucy does a lot of the sleuthing for her in yeah. a way but I liked how we saw so much of her doing it this episode yeah yeah so all in all a great first episode of a very promising series um I'm really glad that I'm taking the time to watch it now uh I told uh, Alexa before we started recording that I just went ahead and bought it on Amazon Prime Video, and mm -hmm. the first season is 18 episodes, and on Amazon it was literally only $20 for 18 episodes. Oh, nice. Great deal. Nice. That is a good deal. I can watch them now as many in a row as I want. Yeah. I've been watching them on HBO Max because they uh, finally put all of the seasons on there. So I might yeah. rewatch the whole thing. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely. Uh, one more thing I wanted. Yeah, one more thing I wanted to mention is um, in the beginning of the episode when she's sitting at her desk and we look and like it pans up to her, uh, I guess, corkboard or whatever above her desk. If you pause it, you'll see references to books like it mentions Ivory Charm, Redgate Farm hidden staircase again and i i really loved that they it, they it was i think they were supposed to be like all of her past mysteries so i liked the those uh, little easter eggs too <laughs> i don't think i remember seeing that. i'm gonna have to go back and look it's really cool you might be able to find a screenshot online but i freaked out at that part <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny because i was so excited when i would see references like when I, the very brief reference to shadow ranch or when we saw the uh -huh. river uh, street sign, I would say, oh my god, it's oh my god, it's Shadow Ranch, and my husband's sitting there like, <laughs> what? Oh, it's so funny, yep. We just got all these, we've got all these little, like, Easter eggs on a silver platter, like, here you go. Hopefully yeah. Old, like, Nan older Nancy Drew fans will recognize this stuff. Yeah. It was, I it, love that I, they do that, though. Yeah, I love that they give that to us even though newer fans are going to have absolutely no idea what those mean. <laughs> yeah. But but if they become super fans like us, hopefully they'll discover it, you know, later on down the road. Yeah, I've had people come to me, uh, like, find my page after watching the show and I introduce them to, like, the games and stuff or the books and, like, they never would have known about those if it wasn't for the show, which I, I really like. It's helping keeping her alive, you know? Yeah. If we didn't uh, keep getting these modern adaptations, she wouldn't be around after over 91 years, you know? So, very true. Even if people don't like it, I think it's important to keep going with these. <laughs> Absolutely. It 100% is because she is a, obviously a very strong female character that I think most girls, especially younger girls, can look up to and aspire yeah. to like. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I might be. 30 years old, but she still it creeps into my life literally every single day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's crazy because I was just gonna say it's crazy because after 91 years, like every generation 
basically has that one thing Nancy Drew to relate with, which I think is cool. Yes. I think that's really cool. <laughs> speaks volumes about the people that created her and the people that wrote all the stories. Yeah. So exactly. It's really timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's it for the, the first episode of uh, Nancy Drew season one. Um, off to a great start. Super excited to rewatch season one. Um, like I said, there was a ton of stuff that I totally forgot about. Um, so excited to see where we head from here. So um, do we have uh, any comments or anything that we need to discuss, Alexa? I didn't see anything for okay. this episode. Okay. That doesn't mean there could be something from, like, in the future, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, um, Megan, we really appreciate you carving out some time for us. Um, would you do us the honor of telling everybody where they can find you on social media? Sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram at nancy.drew.collector. Um, and I might have to look up some of my social medias to see. But uh, I'm also on TikTok where I've been trying to get a little bit more active. Um, and that oh, is you? just Nancy Drew Collector. Huh? I didn't know you were on TikTok. Yeah, it's just Nancy Drew Collector. A lot of times I just repost uh, Instagram reels, but yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm going to find you right now. Sweet. <laughs> and then I'm also on Facebook at Nancy Drew Collector, and I have a discussion group on there if you want to join that. Um, and I have a Twitter, but I don't really go on it. So, but I think that's ND Collector. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then you mentioned the Etsy shop. Oh yeah, uh, my Etsy shop is the Throwback Shop. Um, I'm trying. I'm actually working on a little bit of a shop update soon. There's going to be a Nancy Drew themed box coming out soon in a couple of weeks. So excited about that. <laughs> you all can't see my face right now, but I'm smiling really big because I've purchased some of those boxes in the past and love them. <laughs> this one's going to be different. So I'm very excited. <laughs> cool. I'll definitely have to pick one up then. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, do either of you all have any final thoughts or anything? I really enjoyed coming on. I was nervous, but I'm happy I did it. <laughs> oh, we're among friends here. There's no need to be nervous. We just sit and giggle and goof off. <laughs> That's we, go down we go down rabbit holes and make each other think like crazy. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to go down rabbit holes. I didn't want to ruin your whole flow, but it's hard. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Any tidbit of information, more than happy to hear it. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, if that is good for you all, then I'll go ahead and take us to the end. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at River Heights Buzz, or you can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook in our Facebook group, and we are also now on Twitter. Check us out next week as we dive into Season 1, Episode 2 of Nancy Drew. See you next week, everyone.
Bye. Thank you.